prayed for her and she ran backwards. Okay, this is sometimes when God comes into the room. She ran backwards and fell close to the sound desk there. And then a demon spoke through her and said, She belongs to me. She's so precious and too powerful for me to let go. Prophetic word, by the way, demons do that. They give up the game. The reason why they're off to you is because you're too powerful in Jesus. Too precious for them. Prophetic word. And she got set free. Delivered. And she was struggling with that from a, from a young age. She was almost expelled from school because of these weird things that would happen in her life. God delivered her. God wants to touch you and He wants to use you to challenge the status quo. And that is what we're going to talk about today. The status quo means the current state of affairs. I've always been somebody that wants to push against the grain a little. Sometimes when I was, when I was younger, it was, it was rebellion. But now I believe it's just God revealing a pioneering spirit. He wants to push against the grain, push against the status quo, so that whoever he is and whatever he wants will be done on earth. So we're going to go into that tonight. In, in our house, we have uh, the saying that some rules are just stupid, and they can be broken every now and then. So one of the rules is you're not allowed to eat after you brush your teeth. Every now and then, we can break that. But only I, I have the privilege of breaking that. So I uh, would go into my kids' bedrooms, and I would say, okay, let's go for ice cream. And we go to McDonald's, and we eat ice cream after they brush their teeth. Challenging the status quo. Because what I'm preparing them to do is, listen here, kids, sometimes you need to break the rules. Okay, you, some of you are not catching this. Sometimes, if, you, if you're going to really pursue Jesus, sometimes you need to go even against authority. Why? Because you're going to follow the Word of God. And I'm not saying you need to be submissive. You need to be humble. If there's a rebellion spirit, you're not walking in accountability, you're going to get burned. But sometimes you will have to go against the rules. Do you know one of the rules in South Africa is that you're allowed to abort babies? You need to go against that rule, by the way. There was a pharmacist who came to me and said, Hey, Amor, I'm forced by law to give people the morning after pill. Today, hey, okay, there's a great challenge for you. You need to go against the rule there. He says he doesn't have, yeah, he doesn't have peace. And, he's, and he has a family member who also had a baby aborted. So, yes, he's going to go against the rule. He's going to challenge the status Status quo. And uh, so this, this afternoon, I broke another rule. We're not allowed to throw water balloons in the house. But I just broke it today. Because again, I'm the dad. So they were sitting there on the couch. And uh, they, they made some water balloons. And because they were fighting, I took the water balloons from them. and said, hey, we're not going to throw water balloons outside. And I also don't want them to end up in the swimming pool. So Nicholas and I were lying there. And I just threw them water balloons. And they loved it. Sometimes you need to break the rules. By the way, just parenting tips for you. Sine, you can do it with Benjamin. Benjamin is three weeks old and he's already in church. Okay, what did you do when you were three years old? They're at the back. Okay. Parenting, one-on-one done. Now we get into revival information. There was a guy called Martin Luther. In Afrikaans, Martin Luther. His daughter's name was Millie. Okay, you get it. Okay. I thought, I actually wanted to do it in Afrikaans service and I forgot. 
No, he didn't have a daughter. So he was a, he was a, he was a monk, and he wanted to dedicate his life to the Lord. So he went to a monastery, and he started just praying, following Jesus as, as best he could. And then he had a superior. And if you can go and watch the movie, uh, Luther, the movie, I highly recommend that. And he had a superior, and then the superior asked him, Hey, Martin, have you ever read? So he's now a monk. He is, in a way, in ministry. Have you ever read the New Testament? And Martin says, no. Why? Because in that day, in the 1500s, in, in Germany, the only available translation for the Bible was in Latin. And only the priests understood Latin, and the high-up officials. So none of the normal people like you and me understood the Bible, not even the monks. So he was then sent to Wittenberg. He studied there, uh, and he gained knowledge about the Latin language and, re- and, and then started reading the, the Bible. And then on the 31st of October in 1517, he nailed to the church door in Wittenberg 95 theses about things that are wrong in the Catholic Church. And the main points that he highlighted was, one, that Scripture is the highest authority. And the second one is that it's by grace, through faith, that we are saved in Jesus Christ, not through works. It doesn't sound like a radical statement now, but it was a radical statement back then, because they would, would sell um, these pieces of paper that will allow for you for your sins to be forgiven. So you pay, when you watch pornography, you pay five rand, and then you are now free of your pornography. Your sin is forgiven. I will make a lot of money in this church if we can do that. <laughs> and uh, that's, not, that's not a negative comment. It's actually a positive comment because so many of you are coming out and saying, hey, listen, Omar, I'm struggling with pornography. I'm struggling with masturbation. I want to get delivered of that. It's amazing. I love this. I love this about this community. We are honest and we are authentic and we tell people when we are in the wrong. It's great. It's awesome. So he challenged the status quo. And then he got called in front of the leaders of the leaders. And they said, hey, you need to recant of what you said. You need to take back what you said. And he said, no. And then he makes this quote. It's the first ever Christian quote that I memorized. He said, My conscience, conscience is captive to the Word of God. Here I stand. I can do no other. Can you see the storyline? Hey, have you ever read the New Testament? No. Go and study the New Testament. Go and study the Word of God. Go and study the truth. And then once you have the truth, then you need to act upon it. And Martin Luther is like, okay, this is what the Bible says. It not, it's not in line with what we are seeing in the world, so I'm going to challenge the status quo. And then if people challenge me back, I'm just going to say, hey, listen here, this is the standard of Christian living. My conscience is captive to the Word of God. Here I stand. I can do no other. Powerful statement. So, we want to do that. 
we want to confront the status quo. We, want to, we don't want to be rebellious. We, we don't want to be just out there having a platform, a million followers on TikTok, and put some messages out there and say we're against the grain. No, we want to follow Jesus. So where do you start when you follow Jesus? You look at what the Scripture says about how Jesus confronted the status quo. So just a couple examples and a lot more. So he confronted worldliness in John 13 7 is where, where Jesus walks into the temple and he goes and he turns over the tables. He chases the money changers out. In, in some of the other passages that also tells a story, he actually, he ties, he makes a whip. And he uses that whip to chase people out of the temple. Little meek, gentle Jesus. No, fearsome and powerful Jesus. Why? And then in verse 17, we get the reason. And the disciple says, And they remembered that it was said, A zeal for your house will consume you. So Jesus had this zeal for the house of the Lord. And we read about the house of the Lord in the Old Testament. Remember, this is still Old Testament because Jesus hasn't yet died. He hasn't made atonement. So the zeal for the house means that he has a zeal for the presence of God. He has a zeal for God himself. And that's what drive, that drove him to actually chase these people out, to become angry. You need to become angry at stuff that's wrong in the world. I love this conversation that I, that I had with my um, oldest, Nicholas and Eva. So Nicholas, we were looking at some... Um, just war footage of how the Ukrainian people shot down a helicopter. They just love, very interested in that. And I allow them to, to look at that because they understand, and they understand it's real. It's not, it's not some cartoon character. It's, it's real things happening. Because I know if they start praying, it's going to be powerful. And we've already just we've gotten into that, uh, just the habit at night. We'll just pray for the Ukrainian people. And God, he hears the prayers of children. I know that because that's full of faith. And then and they're watching it, and Nicholas like, hey, um, I think there might be a third world war coming up. And Eva looks at him and at look him, look at him, and he said, you can't, you cannot say that. You cannot say that. No, don't say that. I tell you, Zelensky or the president of Ukraine, he's going to show the president of Russia, to, and he's going to tell him how to get out of his country, something down those lines, obviously in Afrikaans. And I, I just love that confrontation moment where the older daughter sibling tells the younger brother, hey, you're not acting in faith here. You're speaking with the enemy. And she confronts him. So no, you're not going to say that. Third, the third world war is not going to happen. Might look like that, but it's not going to happen. And she's going to stand against it. So we need to confront worldliness. So Matthew 6, it's where Jesus is speaking to his disciples and the Sermon on the Mount and people that are with him. And he, and he says, hey, why do you worry? You worry about your clothes. You worry about money. You, you worry about um, do people like you or not? Are you going to have enough money to go and study? Will you one day make it in life? Will you get married? You worry too much. And then he says, you people of little faith, can't you see? Look at the birds. 
I feed them. I provide for them. And you are a lot more wor worthy or you, ha you have a higher worth, a lot more valuable than birds. Look at the lilies. They are dressed beautifully. Don't you think I will also care for your dress, for the clothing that you wear? And then verse 33, he says, and this you should be your focus. This is how you confront worldliness in your own life. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and everything else will be added. So all these other stuff, your wife, your bursary, the money for studies, the new thing that you need to fulfill whatever God has called you to do, all of that will be done for you, but get your priorities right. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And we need to teach ourselves that. We need to teach our kids that. For instance, is it more important to study on a Sunday than to come to church? That's a good question and a good conversation to have with your kids. So now you're writing exams on the Monday. Should you go and study rather or should you come to church? If God spoke to you and said, hey, you need to seek the kingdom of God first and God's highlighting Christian community and He makes you part of this community, you know what? Seeking first the kingdom means that you're going to sacrifice some study time to come to church, maybe even serve, but then you're going to trust the Lord that He will add everything else. Seek first the kingdom also looks like this. Hey, I have such a busy day. I need to wake up at 5. My quiet time is usually from 5.30 to 6. I'm going to start working at 5. Seeking the kingdom of God first might mean that you need to wake up at 4.30. But then... In the back of your mind, you're like, well, I'm seeking the kingdom first and His righteousness. So what's God going to do? He's going to add everything else. At the end of the night, 11 o'clock, you're going to tell, hey, wife, we, should, we need to go for a jog. I have too much energy today. Why, why don't we seek the kingdom of God? Why don't we trust that specific scripture? Because we don't have faith. We don't have faith that He is a good God, that He will provide, that He will actually come through. I was, a, I was a security guard, but he proved plus at a, at, in, in, uh, in Stellenbosch to get some extra money. But you've had a proof plus. I, I can't, can't translate that. And uh, the, we, the R, the R was there binnen. And so I had to look at, uh, I had to look after some, some fish in a in tank and walk around, there were even crocodiles every now and then. it was very interesting, interesting job, but, uh, and that was always on a, it was always on a, on a Thursday, so on a Wednesday, we had small group, I could attend the small group and still make some pocket money to do lots of, lots of stuff as a student, and then suddenly, my boss just changed my time to Wednesday, and I really needed that money, so I went to him and said, hey, why, why are you changing it now, because Wednesday, I have a small group, small group's not going to give me money, but that was my priority. So I had to drop my job that gives me income in order just to come to, to go to a small group. And you know what? I never regretted that moment, ever. 
Because seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and everything else will be added. So seek first the kingdom and His righteousness, and that's how you challenge worldliness. And then Jesus also, he confronted religious leaders. And you go and read Matthew 23. He's really harsh with them. And religious leaders were the leaders. They had a form of godliness, but no power. On the outside, they looked like they were proper Jews, but they weren't on the inside. Because they weren't living up to the highest laws. The laws of loving God, loving your neighbor. And then in uh, verse 28, Jesus says this to them. On the outside, you appear to be people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. You are whitewashed tombs. That's what he tells the religious leaders. It's literally Jesus gathering all the dominies and all the pastors in this town and say, hey, we have a meeting. It's going to be very encouraging. Jesus, the Lord of Lords, is in town. And he's like, hey, listen here. You are whitewashed tombstones. And you just have dead bones inside of you, and you are hypocrites. And if you go and read that Matthew 23, it it's even goes worse. So what I suggest you go and do is you put little armor, religious armor, the one that just want to maybe masquerade as if you're a Christian. You put him on a chair, and you go through Matthew 23, and you read through all of that. You say, hey, religious armor, I'm rebuking you now. Not somebody else, because often we want to point to that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, James, he's a hypocrite. Yeah, yeah. Look at him. Yeah, Dars Leon, he is a hypocrite. Thanks. Thanks, Keith. Thanks, Keith. Thanks for your contribution. I'm confronting you now, Keith. We love you, Keith. And then Jesus also confronts faithlessness. Matthew 8, he's in a boat with his disciples, and the disciples are now full of fear, because there's a storm raging. They go to Jesus, Jesus, please help! And Jesus rebukes them and says, hey, you have little faith. And then he looks at the storms and he says, hey, stop it in the name of Jesus, and it gets calm straight away. So why is Jesus saying, hey, you have little faith? It's because they have not exercised the faith that He has given them, the authority that He has given them. Sometimes you don't have to pray and wait for the Lord. You just need to speak the Word. You need to do it. You need to confront your friend who is not a Christian. You need to tell that person that's hurting in the corner, hey, God loves you. You need to pray for the, for the mom that has cancer. You need to go to that guy who's doing unethical business and you need to say, listen here, I feel very uncomfortable doing this, but you cannot do this anymore because I know about it, Jesus knows about it, and it's wrong. You, you are complaining about the Zumas of this world, but you are doing the same thing. You are corrupted. You're partaking in corruption. He's confronting faithlessness. In Luke 18, it's where Jesus tells his disciple, disciples, you must keep on praying. Just pray. Keep on praying. Don't stop. Never stop. Even if you don't see breakthrough, just stop. God will bring breakthrough. Just keep on, keep on praying. And then he asks this question in the end. He says, will the Son of Man find faith when he returns? 
Will he find faith? Now, I can, I can see this in my mind's eye. I can see Jesus wanting to come back, say, hey, will I find faith? Will I find Luane busy with, with her, her art and her creativity to bring the gospel to the, to the nations? Will I see this guy who's supposed to, to build this multinational company that's actually supposed to consult to governments? Will I see him building that? Will I see the mother praying for the child with faith? Will I see the teacher not trusting for the one kid in his class, but for the whole school? Will I see the dad being faithful in loving his kids, helping his kids, discipling his kids, being on his knees in front of his kids, asking for forgiveness? Will I find faith? It's what God's saying. Will I find faith? Is what you are doing, is that revealing faith? Or are you just doing some sort of a puppet show where you want to show to the world, hey, you're doing a few things right, so you're coming to church, go to a small group, maybe a Bible school, maybe a commission the city, maybe you look like a great guy. Or do you have faith? And are you acting with faith? So God's confronting faithlessness. Why? Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. And we want to please God. And God's not saying, hey, you need to work harder. He's not saying you need to perform. He says, I love you. But Without faith, you're not giving me room to be with you, so you cannot please me. You cannot experience my pleasure. So an encounter, I, I took this off because I have a fractured elbow. I said to the people, I'm just going to take this off, and I'm going to trust that God heals my elbow. And at the end of the day, it's, it's still hurting a little. It's a, lot, it's a lot better, but it could just be the natural healing process. But I have a fractured elbow. And at the end of, end of the day, a little disappointed, God didn't heal it. But I felt the Lord saying this, Amor, you have given me something to work with. What are you giving the Lord to work with? I had a mentor who said, we need to take faith risks. And what does the faith risk look like? It is, if you do this specific thing and God doesn't come through, you look like a pawpaw. So are you living your life in the comfort zone where you control everything, you have everything under control, or are you outside of your comfort zone where actually the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, the enabler, where He can work and He can work through you? So what are you giving the Lord? Are you giving Him faith? And uh, just hear me correctly, God's not, He's not rebuking you and saying, hey, you're, I don't like you, I don't want to be with you. He's like, hey, I'm calling you higher. There's a higher standard of living. There's more freedom for you. There's more impact that you can have. There's always more. When I was just filled with the Holy Spirit, I walked to my dad's study and I saw this book lying there and it, it said, Confronting Powerless Christianity. I've never read the book, but that's been a slogan for my life. Confronting Powerless Christianity. Just doing the cultural norms all the time. No, we want to confront the status quo. Hebrews 10, 35 and 38. To 38. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence... So, 
the Hebrews writes, he's writing this community, and they were full of faith in the beginning, and, um, and then they suffered persecution, and some of them left the faith. So now he's encouraging them. Do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. Reward. There's a reward that's coming for our confidence that we have in Jesus. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what He what, what he's promised. For yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. My righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Harsh words again. My righteous one will live by faith, and if he shrinks back, I will have no pleasure in him. So what God's saying, the context here is, is that we need to live by faith, and we need to continue living by faith, and we need to show endurance to the end so that we can receive the full reward. And we shouldn't shrink back. Shrink back is not doing more or doing less. That's not what God's saying. If you do less, then I'm not going to have... I'm not going to have pleasure in you. What he is saying is, just remain with Jesus. Just be with Jesus. Most of you in this room, somewhere down the line, you had an encounter with Jesus, and you were so zealous for Jesus, you couldn't keep it in. And God's saying, you need to rekindle that, and you need to move with them so that you can show faith. That's why it's called faith of a child. That's zealous. That zealousness, that zeal for Jesus. And sometimes, Scripture also refers to faith then looks like endurance. I don't see it now. God, I've been trusting for my husband for 15 years. I don't see him. Where is he? But if God gave you a promise that you'll get married, hey, hold on to that. Remember, there's the principle of seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. If you become desperate, you're going to start sweating and sweat stinks. And men, by the way, don't have, don't like sweat and stinking girls, by the way. So, sometimes it looks like just endurance. And let's, let's be those people, hey. Who have you seen cancer healed? Great. We have a couple of people. We need to see more of this. Who have you seen metal plates dissolve while people are praying for them? I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Great. Amazing. That's amazing. Who have you seen? There was a guy who came to encounter, and he said he has toothache. And I said to him, hey, man, I've heard this testimony of people receiving gold Fillings. Let's trust for that. Why not? We need to go for that. Who if you've seen demons being driven out? I've seen many. Who if you've seen people of mental healed of mental illness? I've seen it. Who if you've who if you've seen people that's that's really unhealthy, unhealthy state, they get touched by the Lord and they start doing exercise, eating healthy, ten years down the line. They are ripped more like him, more than Henry. That's also faith. Sometimes you must just start eating healthier and do exercise. Hebrews 6 verse 11 and 12. 
We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy. Say that with me. Let's read that together. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Do not become lazy Christians. Who of you have been told by your mother or your father that you are lazy? Speaking Leno, Layboder. I often tell my children, there's no Layboder. You must, you must work hard. That's how you succeed in life. So when it comes to working hard for the Lord, it is from a place of relationship. It's not for relationship. God loves us. We are in relationship through Jesus. But through that relationship, we get enabled to work hard. Even in our faith. To maybe spend a night where we've wanted to just to relax and chill with Netflix. We just go and we pray. Three hours straight. Or maybe just start with one movie, one series, 40 minutes. You just pray one series. Put it there, put it on the background, you turn your head away from the screen and you just you just pray. And then every now and you just look around, and you're like, oh, okay, it's not finished yet. I need to pray. I need to pray. That's sometimes hard work. It's killing the flesh. But it has a reward. And you're gonna start seeing the miracles. Jesus died on the cross for illness. Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of sin. Jesus died on the cross for the healing of mental health. Jesus died on the cross for relationships. Jesus died on the cross for reconciliation between cultures. Jesus died on the cross for peace in your life, in your family's life, in the city. He died on the cross for excellence when it comes to service delivery. He died for all those things. Because all the evil, everything that's evil in the world came through sin, and He died for sin. Not only He takes away sin, but He also takes away the consequence of sin. Okay, let's, let's stand. So what I want to do tonight is just to throw out some seed from the Word. And then the Bible says in, in the parable of, of the sower that if we have a good heart, we can receive that. And we will also get a harvest for that. So all you need to do is, you need to just make sure that your heart's good. So like, hey, it's actually true that. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and everything. Greek for everything is everything will be added. Man, that's my goal. I'm going to do it. Then you act upon it. But you're like, day one, God, today I'm going to seek the kingdom of the Lord and your righteousness first, above everything else. And then I'm expecting the everything else to be added. Wow, first day, nothing happens. Second day, nothing happens. Third day, nothing happens. But now you know that's true. Because you've seen it in other people's lives. You've seen it in the Word. You know the word is true. You know that God loves you. Every now and then you get this glimpse. Wow, God loves me. He loves me. He loves me. He's for me. And you continue. After the first month, you look back and you're like, can't believe it. I never saw it, but there were so many little things added to me. 
God, you are so faithful. I didn't see it in the moment, but you are so faithful. That person that I connected on that first day, I just thought it was a by chance meeting in a coffee shop. He offered me employment. Whoa, Jesus, come on. And if you start giving thanks through this process of not seeing the breakthrough yet, then your faith increases, increases and it brings about pleasure to the Lord. And the Lord is like, whoa, I want to bless you even more. But now often what we do is, it's like tomorrow we're going to start with our beach bodies for the December. So we do 20 push-ups tomorrow. You look in the mirror, nothing happens. Okay, no, it's not going to go. It's not going to work. 20 push-ups, definitely not going to work. And then you see Delano there on, on the beach on, in December, and you ask him, hey, Delano, where did you get that, that six-pack and, and the chest? And Delano's like, no, 20 push-ups every day. So no, I tried it. It doesn't work. He says, hey, did you do it every day? Yes, I did it. I did it every day after my one-and-a-half-hour quiet time in worship. Every day. So that's what God's asking of you. Every day you put out your faith. Every day you take a faith risk. Every day. So let's, let's close our eyes. If you're in this room and you don't know this good God, the Father of all that's good, if you don't know Him, I want to give you an invitation to meet with Jesus now, today. I want you to raise your hand very high. Just say, that's me. I want to meet with Jesus Christ. Thank you, God. Thank you that all of us are Christian in this room. Okay, open your eyes again. So we want to pray for people. One of the things that God said to us at the camp at the beginning of the year is that He is giving us an anointing to help people out of mental illness. So if you are struggling with depression, anxiety, or fear, any kind of mental illness, even bipolar depression, maybe even you're on medication, God wants to touch you, and He wants to heal you. I'm not against science. I'm not against even taking medication. I've even told people to go on to medication because it will just help your, your relationships for a specific time. But God still wants to completely deliver you. So if that's you, I just want you to raise your hand because we're going to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Just very high. Just raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Don't be shy. Just raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, you can lower your hands again. And just a testimony from our last freedom encounter. Uh, we prayed for somebody. His wife got full of the Holy Spirit. They... Um, started speaking in tongues. She started speaking in tongues, so she just wanted to practice with her husband at home. So they prayed in tongues, and the husband just started manifesting this demon of depression, and he just felt in that moment that he has to go to his medication, take his medication, and throw it down the toilet. And he hasn't suffered from depression since that day. And that was November last year. God can do it like that. And sometimes God can do it like the Lanu got his six-pack. 20 push-ups every day. Putting your faith out every day. Process. Don't be scared of the process. Just allow for the process to happen.
Every day, God, I seek your will. This is not what you have for me. Okay, so that's the one group of people. One group of people. The other group of people is, if you are taking any chronic medication for high blood pressure, for diabetes, for cholesterol, whatever it is, I want you also to raise your hand. Any chronic medication. You need to take medication, not vitamins, medication every day. If that's you, just raise your hand. Vitamins are good. Okay, great. So we want to pray for you too. This morning it was great. We did an altar call for exactly the same thing. Two ladies come to the front. A couple of them came to the front, but two shared this with me. The one said, hey, I was on cholesterol medication, but last year I, I felt the Lord saying hey, there's a grace to leave it. I just want you to pray with me because every now and then I, I am scared that it will come back. I'm like, great, wow, what a testimony already there. The other lady, she was on medication for diabetes, low or high blood pressure, and for cholesterol. She left all of that, and she had a process that she followed of healthy eating, healthy habits, and she just asked for the courage and for the faith to endure. Wow! So for some of you, it's going to look like that. 20 push-ups a day. One kilometer around the block every day. Okay, so I want all of you to raise your hands just to come to the front because we're going to pray for you and we're going to trust that God today, that He clean out any kind of stumbling block for health. Maybe don't leave it. Oh, maybe we do it. Okay, then, while we pray for the people up front, we're going to hand out communion to the people at the back, okay? I'm just being very creative because I actually forgot about it. And you're going to take communion. Communion is we remembering what Jesus did. And He died on the cross for our chronic illnesses. He died on the cross for our sin. He died for all the things that we are struggling with. So they're going to hand out communion, and then I want you to just bundle with some friends and get one to pray for the bread, one to pray for the, for the wine or the grape juice, and you say, Lord, we remember what you have done, and we stand on that truth for freedom in our bodies, in the people standing in front's bodies. And then also ask, just ask the person next to you, hey, is there something that I can pray for? Is there something that you are trusting the Lord for? Is there a breakthrough that you need? And let's, let's pray for that. Great. If we can get the facilitators up front, we're just going to end off with one worship song because God is, God is good. And then we're going to send you, commission you to go and to change the world with the truth, to challenge the status quo from a, from a Jesus point of view with biblical standards. Amen. Okay, so let's, let's just worship the King of Kings. Let's stand together and worship the King of Kings. There will also be coffee at the back, so enjoy that with us.